welcome back to face to face time or welcome for the first time if this is your first time and uh i have a guest today his name is brandon dermer he's director writer and and he uh he's he's kind of like one of those directors that is to, to watch out like if there was a list there probably he probably has made a list i don't know i would just assume that he has made one of those lists that like voyage did or something like that it's like directors to watch out for uh this is him so uh he's he did uh lots of diplo music videos he did uh um this this thing that got extremely famous uh a big video um like viral before like viral was necessarily viral i think he was saying like 2000 12 i guess viral was back then but uh for this band called necro goblin where he made the singer a goblin was pretty pretty cool so uh it, it got extremely huge and he just has this path that's just like he followed rules and and to not follow rules and i don't know if he would put it that way i'm just how i'm putting it which is fucking it, that's it's like punk that's punk dude that's that's punk rock to know to know enough about the, you ever seen SLC punk and the fucking uh, uh, Matthew Lillard's character knows so much about the world ins and outs of politics. And that's why he's a punk because he fucking knows the whole thing. Brandon Dermer's fucking punk dude. And he is uh, somebody who I as a director has been following to, to, you know, to be inspired by, to look up to and go, he's doing it. So he's doing, he's, he's got some sort of sauce that's going on. What's the sauce? So I'm going to ask him about the sauce. Uh, before we go any further, uh, rate and review on Instagram, on uh, fucking Apple podcast and, uh, and, and, and subscribe on anything that you listen to podcasts on. Also, there's the YouTube. That is the best experience for this. I will say if you're listening, I'm sorry, this is going to be a great interview interview for you, but you should probably watch some time. And uh, anyway, uh, let's get to the interview. Brandon Dermer. Yo, what's up, dude? How's it going, man? Oh man, I, I, okay. I'll be honest. It hasn't been a good day. Hmm. I mean, yes, in the world for sure. In the world for sure, Lebanon, you know, has some shit going on. Now that I say Lebanon, I feel like I can't even really say what's wrong with my day. But it's okay to not be okay, uh, especially during these times and always. Is, is it, what my therapist tells me. Wait, but what, that's like a quote from a pop song. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah, isn't that that's like a, a Demi I mean, Lovato or something like that? Oh, really? It's I swear to God, it is. Yeah. So someone on the internet who might be watching this, someone should do a mashup of that song and My Chemical Romance's "I'm Not Okay," oh, where wow. it's like. It's like Gerard Way's progression to understanding it's okay to not be okay. You're going to be, you just went to like completely backlit documentary mode. Let me turn this light on too. Oh yeah. So what's going on, man? How's your day? What are you up to? My day has been lovely. It's been a uh, little bit of editing. Little you bit edit? Of Zoom. I'm editing via Zoom with, with an editor. Oh, okay, okay. So edit, editing a commercial... And then uh, zoom in. So you're still able to stay busy with film and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Uh huh. That's what about? Uh, so you said you were pitching some stuff today. Yes. Can you talk about what it is? All I can say is that it's for the television medium, and I've been doing it all over Zoom. Oh no shit. Yeah. Do you? Are, do you? Because a lot of people put together these really eccentric performances for pitches sometimes especially when there's like when they're bleeding the lines of like comedy um and uh you know some sort of absurdism which it seems like you draw the line you like you know dabble on both sides of the line do you put together anything in particular for pitches so each pitch is different but i'll the three that i've done in quarantine i've done three different things and luckily all of my projects i have partners on them so it's not just myself you know with mm -hmm. like 10 people watching these pitches. Yeah. Um, so I can lean on them for some of their strengths. Mm -hmm. So I had a pitch and there was a book component and a, it was based on a music video. So we sent the music video, we sent copies of the book and then we already had that material. So they were already sort of greased. You know what I mean? There was like okay. a foundation. We weren't going in cold. Um, another pitch that I, that I, that I'm currently out with 
my partners and I, um, my writing partner on that one and the two producers, we made like a digital pitch where we filmed ourselves on our phones and then my editor and I worked together and made this like 10 minute fun, interesting piece, which was totally in the tone of the show. Yeah. And then we made like a, I, I ripped clips off YouTube. So when I'm like pitching scenes, it's cutting to what I think they would look like from actual shows and movies. And then the last pitch I did um, was with these two writers and we went in completely cold and they're super, super funny. And like, I sort of give the, I set up the pitch. I set up who I am, how this idea came to be. And then mm -hmm. when I was looking for the right writers, I met with these guys and I knew they were the perfect duo. And then they sort of go into the pitch. Um, and that one, we just went in cold. Yeah, just cold. So do you, when you, you said it was based off a music video, I guess you can't really say which one then, right? I know, because we're in all this litigation yeah, uh, yeah. in the legal process. I wish I could. Hopefully I can very soon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like, so, because you had the Diplo show. And mm -hmm. that was uh, uh, that was great. I mean, I didn't know that you did that. I watched it because I knew Bobby and I saw that he was in a new thing. And I was like, I, Love that. of course I want to watch this. Okay, it's weird because there's uh, – I also work with uh, – well, not anymore because I live in New York. But I work used to work with Emo Night for quite a while. Oh, okay. And uh, – wait, you didn't know that? No. Oh, shit. I did all of their intro videos. Oh, incredible. Okay, I love them. What was my favorite one? Man. I love the Wes Anderson one. I love the the one with the um. Did you do the one where uh, the vampire got the internship? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that one too. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've done all those. I did those for like two or so years, and uh, and then it was like really sad. I like had to leave, and that was something I was doing every month. It was like, it was cool. But so your name had come up a lot with them. And uh, I think it was for for the first time it was Emo Night Day that mm -hmm. you uh, you did something for them that looked amazing. And then it was paired with something that Bobby said sometime in his podcast around that time where he was like, Brandon Dermer can make anything look really expensive. Do you do you have anything in your mind that you're like, this will just look better if I do it like that or more expensive like this? Like maybe you're not thinking about money, but you're thinking about like higher quality do you have like little tricks that you do i'm just for that piece i'm always just thinking committing to the story and the story for that was it opens on like the original sort of video of the vampire dancing in his room mm -hmm. and then it cuts to the big like flash like he puts the laptop down now he's boom he's in this crazy party mm -hmm. so the big polish look was like organic to the story you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i always like I'm never writing thinking like unless it's to the joke or to the uh, story, like it has to look big and flashy. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but to Bobby's point of that, it's probably because, you know, there were some days on set where we were the full, you know, 100 person trailers, big spectacle of a production. Mm -hmm. And then there were other days where I was like, all right, Diplo's playing at Sean White's, you know, music festival downtown. We're going to go with just 10 of us. But we would still shoot it to that same sort of caliber to have mm -hmm. it match with the rest of the show and to that end it's just man i just surround myself with like great people yeah. um cinematographers editors colorists production designers gaffers everyone you know like i have mm -hmm. i might have the good idea of like we should go to the concert and throw james on stage as west because we're yeah. gonna get this priceless shot yeah um but the actual execution it's i'm just surrounded by really great folks and i also just believe that like sometimes you discover great things with your limitations. You're just forced to think differently. Mm. But yeah, that Emo Night thing, I mean, we didn't do that for a lot of money at all. Um, and that yeah. was me just wanting to do anything with Emo Night. That was like, I discovered Emo Night through the internet. And then while we were making What Would Diplo Do, Dylan was going to go do an Emo Night as Preston. Um, I couldn't go because okay. I was just like all in on the show. And I just was like, tell those guys I, I'm a big fan and I'd love to do something with them. And then <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think he or someone introduced me to Morgan. And I had a coffee with Morgan. I was like, Hey, mm -hmm. if there's ever a time you guys need something or you think I'd be right for it, like I'm just, I'm down. Yeah. I remember they told me that and I was like, Oh, sick. Like I, 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 I didn't know who you were at the time. And I was trying to figure out like, am I going to work with this guy? On like, I didn't know what it was. So I started to look into mm -hmm. your stuff and I came across, uh, Necrogoblicon, which by the way, I do want to say that it seems like, and I don't know if this is a conscious decision or not, but it seems like you're not afraid to 
jump into any genre and not be like put your like you feel like it feels like there's no way to put you in a box because Thanks. you do everything and you Thanks. you're like not afraid to do it cuz so many people are afraid to do you know something outside of drama or something outside of comedy but it seems like you'll do any of it and ha- still have it feel like Brandon Dermer is this something that, you've thought about or absolutely and sometimes that's my biggest concern is like i wonder if someone watching necrogoblicon would also know that it's like the guy who did like the Noah Cyrus Diplo video. And I just, my whole thing is like, I just try to bring humor and heart and true aesthetic commitment to everything I do. Mm. Um, and, and that, and the wide genre and the cast is just like, I'm just like a fanboy. I'm a fanboy of music and I'm a fanboy of music. Like I love comedies. I love slasher films. There's a lot of dramas I really like, but for me, it's just, I think my sensibility and voice that I hope comes through is just like the commitment to the absurdity or the commitment to the genre aesthetic that I'm playing in. Yeah, yeah. Because you have uh, a way of of everybody going. And you know what? It feels this way too. Would you know uh, Ty Ascend- T- Tony Ascenda? Mm-hmm. He, he sort of does a similar thing where it's like it's a dick joke f- filmed so beautifully that you're like, this is inc- – you don't you – don't, you don't exactly know how to feel, but you know it feels good, you know? It's Yeah, it's I mean, that, that American Vandal, like, you, like, really felt for Jimmy's character in that thing. Mm-hmm. He's a great in a way, Yeah, in a way that you, you know it's not a real story. It's about dicks, but the way that Tony constructed and weaved that whole thing, uh, it was so compelling. What was even sicker was that people were arguing online whether it was real or not. Yeah, which is, and I love that stuff, too. Like, I love you know, blending reality and what, you know, what we're making. Um, yeah, Tony and I share the same manager. So when, mm. when we were making what would Diplo do, he was also making, uh, American Vandal at the same time. So, uh, I would, you know, my manager produced, um, uh, American Vandal with him. So we were just sharing more stories and like, you know, everything. Your manager produces as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's, is that rare? No, that's like in on TV and film now in Hollywood is extremely common. Like managers are also producers. So like he's at a company called Three Arts. So at the end yeah. of, you know, uh, American Vandal, you'll see Three Arts. At the end of Silicon Valley, you'll see Three Arts and such. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm familiar with Three Arts. I, yeah. They're all over. Um, yeah. They represent a lot of really amazing people. So Yeah. <laughs> they met, they're amazing, amazing people. Then right at the bottom, me. I snuck my way. I snuck my way in. Do you have like... Uh, because it seems like, you know, from the beginning, I was so stoked to see you on. Um, I'm gonna drink with you. Um, yeah. I was so stoked to see you on uh, uh, Tiger Belly talking about your basically like your first thing. And I know that there, there was just I had so many more questions, so I wanted to have you on about uh, when you when you got funding from those. How did you sell it to? How did you sell it to people? Like, what is to even sell to get money from somebody to do that? Like, how are they going to benefit? Yeah, so, okay, so the first thing, like, you know, I'm going to assist. Is that a Truly? Yeah. Oh, man. Can I get a White Claw? Get a White Claw, yeah. Okay. It's, it's kind of, you're I this. Have, I don't have any White Claw, but I got a, I got a champagne of beer. So That'll cheers. do. Cheers. We got a cheers. Cheers. Um, so, um, hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I was an assistant at this point for like from 2008 and this was 2011 mm-hmm. and I was making videos with John Lejoie and John is just killing it. Oh, by the way, yes, I've been a fan of those since they were coming out. The, you did the original Show Me Your Genitals, I'm assuming? No, no, no. So he he moved to the U.S. Um, right after, I want to say, Everyday, Everyday Normal Crew. Okay. And then the first thing I did with him was I Can Dance. Um, oh, and I think then from the, similar spirit, right? Yeah. And then from there, um, we did, you know, WTF collective two and three, and we did, um, I mean, there's, there's so many, um, drugs commercial. Uh, Oh, we, I mean, we did the follow up to show me your journals. We did, I'm super famous. Okay. Um, all those stuff. So, you know, I met my boss signed him. He moved to America. I met John as like an assistant and but, you know, we vibed and we became friends and mm-hmm. um, then I started shooting with them. And then eventually my bosses were like, you know, you, you know, and John got on the league. John was just killing it yeah, and he yeah. deserves all of it. He's the he's the man, which, by the way, I just have to shout out for filmmakers like 
John and I, he, he has this project called Wolfie's Just Fine, which is like a serious project, and we've done three videos for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of John as a musician, and also we co-direct those together. Okay. But they're, they're just something so different. Um, I'm really, really proud of them. Also, John's like writing music for movies now. Like he wrote a bunch of the songs for the Lego 2. Anyways, yeah, he's the best. Holy um, shit. So, so my, you know, so my bosses were like, hey um, – you should consider making something that really showcases what you're doing. Cause we know what you're doing with John mm-hmm. and obviously John knows, but it was very, you know, John and I passing cameras back and forth, like super lo-fi and they yeah, knew yeah. I had these like, you know, cinematic ambitions. Um, so I started writing ideas and then, yeah, I wrote this fake trailer, um, with a buddy of mine, Zach Zeman, um, called flesh lightning mm-hmm. and you know, about a kid who, and you know what? I didn't even think of this till just now. I the the reason I discovered a flashlight. This was like in a one week span. I was <laughs> I they were kind of new back then. Yes, I watched Weird Science, and then I heard that Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm just realizing this was sponsored by Flashlight, and that's when I was like, "What's a flashlight?" Um, oh, because this wow. was 2011. So anyway, so I write this fake trailer with Zach, and then I'm like, "Great!" I the only way this works is like if it feels really real. You know, yeah. um, it feels like a real movie. So um, I basically was like, you know, maybe I approach Fleshlight and they see this as like a comedic video. So I'm like, they, they sponsor the Joe Rogan podcast. You know, he's, you know, mm-hmm. at the time it's, it's oh. comedy. It's this. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. maybe they'd be into it. So I wrote the thing. I put together the crew, you know, like I got the camera guy, mm-hmm. my produ- uh, Cody Jacobs, production designer ever i got like the whole team together and then i was like okay i need like x amount of dollars minimally to do it 10 grand was it do you remember was it actually 10 grand yeah okay and you know and it it, looks way more than that so by the way though that's me pulling every favor it's me early in my career every every favor so um i'm through the seven degrees of kevin bacon i get on the phone with jenna hayes because i was like okay i need to pitch this to one of these flashlight girls and it's either going to be jenna hayes because she's been in like super bad and comedy or riley Steele because at the time she was in <laughs> piranha three double d with like paul Shear and stuff so i was like these are the one of these two. wait so you knew that you knew them from not porn i didn't know them personally i w- i wrote flesh lightning and i was like okay no but i mean I you weren't to- watching their porn is what i'm getting at Oh no, I knew their I knew their work. Oh, you knew their okay, okay. Just I knew Jenna Hayes, I knew Riley Steele. But when I looked at the people on the website, the performers, I was like, I need someone who's like has some sort of interesting crossover mainstream work. Yeah. So I was like, I IMDB'd all of them. Their IMDB pages are wild, but Riley Steele's in <laughs> Piranha Three Double D, which I saw um, with a bunch of comedians, super funny movie. And then Jenna Hayes was in like super bad and like other random appearances. She's like in the TV in a scene in Superbad. So mm-hmm. through like, a, like, you know, I'm a kid from Chicago. I'm like, how do I even get in touch with a porn star? I also don't have like a following where I can like send a DM or something. Um, so a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Fuck. Like got me on the phone with Jenna Hayes and I pitched her the idea and she's like, yeah, I'm in. She's like, have you talked to Fleshlight? I was like, no, <laughs> but I have, I'm like, I have a call with them. Like I found, you know, I, I found their number online. I called mm-hmm. them like, I'd like to talk to someone. Um, and I'm like, I'm talking to them next week. She's like, oh, I'll just email, you know, the yeah. president of the company and let him know, like, I'm down to do this. So I got on the phone with Fleshlight. I pitched him the concept. I, I showed them my, you know, videos that I did with John. And they're like, yeah, great. We'll pay for this. Like, this could be fun. And then Jesus. that took me three months to make. It was a three-day shoot, but it took me three months because I was a full-time assistant. You know, I'm oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glued to a desk. I'm reading scripts. I'm on call all day, all night. I, I also so. noticed you had that like, uh, there's that Asian dad that's all. He's, he plays the Asian dad in a lot of stuff. James Hong. How did you get him for that? So, dude, I was an assistant in Hollywood. You know, oh, okay. so I asked one of my bosses. I was like, I, I, I'm like, this is like a send up of that scene in Gremlins, where he buys the Gremlins from yeah, that store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, James Hong is a fucking legend. I love him. I, I know he's done stuff with Funny or Die. Maybe he'd be down. So like my bosses made a script submission on my behalf being like filmmaker Brandon Dermer looking to cast. And we cast him in it. Oh, man. So that's, you know, okay. So here's the thing is I, I always kind of, when I moved to LA, I went for film school. And then after that, I when I graduated, I was like, I think I'm just going to do it myself. Like, I, you know. 
there was part of me that never wanted to take the traditional route, but <clears throat> what I learned pretty quickly, um, and what I'm what I'm getting like validated in right now is that like it was it's probably better to be going and learning from the best or like you know at least people that have been in it for a long time because there was oh, so yeah. much more hustle that you were able to experience and be around and be influenced by absolutely and i mean like i went to film school and learned a ton at columbia um colombo as bobby was calling it yeah. and um you know my friends and i i said got a dvx 100a and we started making short films together and all this um but being an assistant um, I also moved out being like, I'm just going to get internships and like try to make this happen. I didn't even mm. think of the be an assistant to a producer and a manager. But again, I got multiple internships and this one turned into it. But I learned everything from the business side from being an assistant. And I also learned so much creatively because I watched them develop scripts with their clients. Yeah. And like take a, an idea from a treatment to a script and then to attaching a production company, then selling it and getting it made. Like I all of that. And that, that definitely inspired and influenced how I go about my business, even so much so with Flush Lightning being like, okay, I need to get the financing. And mm -hmm. then like I need to cast some people to help get it out there because like no one gives a shit who I am. So like, you know. Um, but what, was, what, what seems great about the route that you took was that you saw stars all the time. You knew that they exist. You knew that the business exists. You can see it and feel it and hear it every day at yes. work. So that it so it didn't seem as far of a reach because you're like, well, it's right. It's right there. Like, there's got to be a way. You know what I mean? I mean, there were times where I felt very, very, even though I was right there, just being an assistant, it felt very far away. But I watched my bosses sign guys who I was like or gals. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to be that like Flesh Lightning was inspired, too, of like, OK, I've written a pile of scripts. I can't get anyone to really read them or take them seriously. Yeah. I need to shoot something and show my sensibility. And I was like, all right, I've seen my boss sign John off YouTube. I've seen him sign this director like Ricardo de Montreal off of a short film he made that was amazing. But it was like very him, sci-fi VFX. I'm seeing him, how they're discovering people and how it becomes like a, a race to sign a filmmaker or a writer or an actor or an actress. So I was like, I'm going to make this fake trailer and I got to make the release and everything about it. Kind of like everyone thinking American Vandal is real. I need people and the internet to think this thing is real. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I made – it took me three months because, like, again, I had to take meetings, like, over my lunch break. Like, my bosses would leave. I'd have, like, one hour. So, I'd have, like, the, my DP come like, work on the shot list. And, like – and, again, everything's favor-based. So, it's not like, oh, just get that location or get that. It's, yeah, like, yeah. E everything. So, yeah, and I made it and came out. And um, through that, like, I got an agent – and a manager and a lawyer and sold one of the scripts Fuck. that I couldn't really get anyone to read that actually Zach wrote with me. Did, did um, you, never... you wrote a feature off of uh, Flesh Lightning? Oh, no, no, no. We, we wrote a feature like a year prior. Oh, I see. I see. Um, just not even, it was called Sophomore Slump. It was about a kid who gets an agent in high school. Um, and uh, once Flesh Lightning came out and we got agents and managers, they were able to shop it for us and get it, get it read and bought. Um, it'll never get made. It's, I don't even, I honestly don't even know where it is anymore. I think I might have it back. Do you have, because I noticed there's another, there's another porn star. So after flesh lightning, I got emails to do porn like crazy. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. And I was like, not do, not me perform like direct, <laughs> direct. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, nah, no, no judgment. Big fan of the, the genre, but <laughs> I'm just not trying to go that route. Yeah. Um, but when I was preparing Necrogoblicon, and again, I was like, you know, it's a passion project. All the, this band is, for bet, you know, at that time, pretty unknown. I wanted to stack it with as many elements to get picked up on the internet through different facets. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do, yeah. Well, here's a question I have about that. Did you, was it already a goblin in the band? No. You, so that's, all, that's your thought, baby. Yeah, so basically, like, I saw the band play. My, my buddy Randy was like, come see. Oh, and this all comes together with Dave Raspoli, which I'll get to. Dave Raspoli is the guy in Flesh Lightning, the yeah, kid. Yeah. Um, he's also like in What Would Diplo Do? He plays the noisy reporter in the second episode. Oh, okay. Dave's a collaborator of mine, um, both as an actor and a writer. So I also noticed Michaela. Hoover, yeah. Hoover, yeah. So she was a client when I was an assistant, and I was like, 
I need someone. Yeah. And, and they were like, oh, Michaela, like, you know, is doing comedies with James Gunn and she's into weird stuff. She loves your Lejoie videos. We'll mm -hmm. see if she'll do it. Wait, do you know Michaela? Well, we, uh, I, I, she found a short of mine that I actually did with Bobby. And mm. I don't know how she came across it, but she just hit me up on Instagram and was like, I love, I love your work. We should do something. And I was like, yeah, the, you know, it'd be great. We, um, and then I moved out here and, and I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but, um, but, but when yeah. you go back, you can, <laughs> when I go back, I can. Yeah. Or maybe she'll even like do a, do an episode here. This is like absolutely. kind of my window into back into LA right now. This is what yeah, I got yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it works, right? Like it's kind of sick. All, we're all, we're all stuck inside. Here's yeah, this here, is great. While we're, you know, while we're talking about your, your, uh, your pseudo person right now, I'm going to send you a photo of your thing. You want to, Oh yeah. 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 Look in, just smile, whatever you got. All right, cool. I'm going to, I'm texting this to you. Thank you. So yeah. So, so goblins. So I saw this. Wait, wait, my, I want to see you uh, check it out right now. You got to see what oh, I put you on your it? shirt. Oh my, <laughs> that's awesome. Necro director. God, that's incredible. <laughs> I love this. There you go. I'll send it to you. That's awesome. So, so, so yeah, I, um, my buddy Randy was like, there's this kid in my office. He plays in a metal band. I'm going to go see him tonight in Canoga park. If you want to come. And I just, I, I love all music. Maybe back to your question. Like I, I do so much. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I, if there's, I like really good metal. I like really good rap. Yeah. I like really good punk. I like really good country. I don't like shitty music, but I like really good music. And, but metal is like, I love, love metal. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, um, we drove, I was like, yeah, let's go. So we're driving out there and we're listening to their album stench. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like insane. I'm like, this is either going to be like one guy in a laptop or like seven behemoth pretentious dicks. Like mm -hmm. this is just too good. Um, and we walk in and it's fairly empty and, um, and it's just, dude, aren't those seven... so sick though? When you walk in and you're like, I can't believe no one knows about this. Oh, absolutely. That's the shit about band, living so. in like a major city is you see these amazing, incredible acts. Same thing and with dude, comedians, dude. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, absolutely. And the difference is, is like, I played in shitty bands in high school and college and people weren't there because we were just okay, but we had the, the hustle and drive to book shows. Mm -hmm. And then you'd walk in and be like, Oh, we're opening with this band fallout boy. And then they'd be incredible <laughs> or, Oh, uh, you know, there were so many great Chicago and seventh grade underdog. They disappeared. But anyways, I, I, these guys just looked like dudes and they were shredding and they yeah. were so good and so tight. And I was just like, I, Randy introduced me to them. I was like, Oh my God, that was amazing. I'd love to do something. And they're like, yeah, we don't dress up like we're not Guar, but like, you know, let us know, you know, whatever. And I bought the CD and I listened to it like obsessively. And then basically I was in Chicago on a trip home mm -hmm. and this character just like came like I listened to the album. It was in my subconscious. It's all I listened to. And then this, this character, but it, the, what's just, crazy to me is that you, the character came from, because it's not like they kind of dressed up at all. Like they had no persona thing going on. They were just guys. And you were like, what if I just made the late singer a fucking goblin? Well, I wasn't even thinking like, so what I was thinking is like, what if I just make a video about this goblin who's going through this shitty day who sort of personifies like anxiety and depression mm -hmm. and uh, you know insecurity and all of that? And I wrote the video, and then I approached the I, I contacted the band. I was so fucking nervous because I was so obsessed. Like I had work going on, but I was so obsessed with this. Yeah. And I took him to a bar and I pitched him it. And when I I walk him through it, like I'm pitching a TV show, and I'm like, and then at the end. You know, I'm like, you know, this happened, then he slaps her, he jumps, and then to the double bass, he rips, you know, yeah, the guy's yeah. face off, and they just clapped and like, let's go. And they're like, we have zero dollars. And I was like, perfect. Perfect. Um, <laughs> they, um, but then I reached out to Dave Raspoli because I was like, I need someone who's going to completely collaborate and really bring this goblin to life because it's in, it's on paper, but I need someone who's going to like, this isn't a job of like, come in and play the this guy and do that and say mm -hmm. the line and get out. This is like, you have to fully become and create this character. So yeah. the character is really created from Dave and I. And so I got Dave on board and then from 
when I was an assistant, I reached out to these two filmmakers and writers who wrote like Saw 4 through 7. They wrote The Collector and directed that. I was like, guys, I need, I need to be in touch with someone who can make me a goblin that like could walk in the room and just sit down and be a goblin. Like yeah. I need real ass prosthetics. So they put me in touch um, with this guy, Mark Villalobos mm-hmm. from Monster Effects. And I mean, this guy's amazing legend. He's worked with so many amazing people. And he was like, I'll do it. And then basically the band got a little money together. They sold some shit, mm-hmm. um, namely a van. And then Fuck, I man. just like, yeah, I it's just named It's just crazy that you, you, you kind of have, you know, what a lot of people need as a director, which is the ability to get everyone on board to the point where they're selling shit to get this project done. That's fucking cool. Well, but I also was like Dave Raspoli. I showed them Flesh Lightning and all this. And I'm like, and then I, I was like, John, I need the homie favor. I need you to be in, in this video. A, I'm going to have you play a bartender, which I'm going to base it on a, a bartender that John and I used to order drinks from all the time. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like John knows and supports me and he knows by being in the video that will help it. And then Mark Villalobos. And then when I was like, who's going to play this like blonde, beautiful like complex works at this company and i was like you know in this point in my career i have done music videos but not giant videos and i was like i'm gonna open up these emails from 2011 when i made (laughs) flesh lightning and all these you know (laughs) requests and i started looking people up and i actually didn't know who Caden was but then you look her up and like she's done a bunch of incredible writing she's done writing for mcsweeney she's done like writing for a bunch of websites yeah she's super interesting and i was like Maybe she's the one who's going to want to do something like super complex. Like I, this isn't like, you know, this role isn't anything uh, leaning into the porn of it all. I was my my main thought again was like this band at this time has a very, very, very small following. I want to put as many elements so that like the comedy community maybe latches on to John Lejoie. The yeah. prosthetics, like the bloody disgustings of the world are like, ooh, Mark Villalobos and prosthetics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Caden in. It was a huge following, and that's just going to like go everywhere on Reddit. And then uh, the guy who plays Brad, his name's Tyler Dawson. Um, he was a client from when I was an assistant. He was in that movie uh, Bellflower, and I also just thought he was a great guy and a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then once I had that like team together, I started reaching out to brands being like, here's who I am. This is what I'm doing. Here's like the social media following and the people involved mm-hmm. and the band and everything. And I'm just looking for support to get it done. And yeah, like everyone's drinking acai beer at the end scene. Like if you look closely, like everyone's drinking acai beer and, um, is that why? Oh, because just, that's the, they, that's they the tossed whole... in money. But so that it was product placement. It's... And then the bong that he's smoking, the uh-huh. bong that he's smoking, they tossed him money. Incredible. Whoa. But I, what, I, what I did was I looked at the script and I was like, what can organically be placed in this? Because it can't be like, you know, John yeah. Gavilcon, the phone, like a phone. He's never, other than the text message. So I was like, okay, he goes to work. There's coffee. He smokes weed. They go to a bar. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was talking to a few headphone companies. Um, and we landed on three. We landed on Mountain Tees, those shirts with like the giant animal faces on them. So, um, so this being, was something that you did in 2011. This was 2012. 2012. Do you think that this is something that still can exist today? This type of hustle can exist today yeah. and get a video done today? I absolutely think they could because product placement is still a very real thing in music videos, you know? Yeah. And I think um, music videos are also having like a big sort of comeback in the past five years where like oh, yeah. they're having this moment. So for a brand like it's a good investment opportunity potentially like incredible said they saw like a huge spike in sales on their bond no shit <laughs> cuz dude the comments were like what is he smoking you know Whoa. and yeah so um i think so then it just makes like, it so that you can like maybe have them be, just put money towards another video if you really needed it absolutely and 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 who knows like another thing is like i re- i reached out to deathwish coffee because I saw a promoted ad to me on Facebook. By like, the way, this podcast yeah. is sponsored by Parliament Cigarettes. <laughs> so. Mocha Mifigato. There'll be a spike out there. Absolutely. So they, um, I reached out to Deathwish Coffee because I literally saw like an ad on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And at the time they were like in their infancy. And they're like, we can't, but we support this. When the video came out, they're like, oh man, we'd love to work together. 
So a year after that video, they reached out to me. They're like, hey, we have money for some commercials. We'd love to hire you. So I did two commercials for them. Um, and <laughs> That's then, so and rad. Yeah, it spawned like a friendship and I've, I've worked with them a few times now. So I, I, got, I got a question because I, you know, we were talking about the fact that you worked at an agency as an assistant and you saw stars all the time. You know, there's this whole thing that people are, they, they, people want to be cool and they try to pretend that they're never starstruck. Uh, do you, and, and they like, you know, if you see someone famous that you dig, do you go say hi? So, um, well, so it wasn't an agency. It was a production company and management company. Oh, okay, okay. And who primarily at the time represented writers and directors. And I was like, I want to be you. But they also rep actors and actresses. And plus actors and actresses would come in for meetings for, for parts in their movies, yeah. you know? Um, but no, absolutely I would. And like, I mean, for me, it's even like, but for me, the most starstruck I've ever been is like, I've seen... I feel so lame saying this. I've seen Michael Showalter at the Starbucks near my house. And I had to say, hey, Mike, love your work, you know, and just kind of left it at that. Um, yeah, that's all you can me, really do. But it's you like you, you just want to connect with them. You want to like charge, right? You want to like plug in for a second and go, there's the power right there. I want to just like oh, yeah. be near it and, and interact for, for a second. Like he's a writer, director, creator that I've loved and idolized since he's like incredible. high school. Yeah. So when I saw him, it was like, oh. <gasps> You know, and then others, it's just sort of surreal because you're like, whoa, you know, this is the person. Yeah. All right. So aside from all that, I I had this thing for a while where I was, uh, I felt like, you know, I mean, I was like 20. I was like 22, 20, somewhere around there. And I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't really feel um, starstruck by anybody. And I thought that that might be a bad thing where it's like you're desensitized to these amazing talents which you shouldn't be you should feel different around these people they have worked so hard to do really good stuff and you want to do that type of stuff so um i gave myself two people that i would be starstruck over if i ever saw them not starstruck but like i wouldn't i allow myself to geek out you know what it's like it's like the um the super extremely powered business businessmen that will uh, go get degraded by some like power yeah. sex person where mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm, I don't feel starstruck by people, but I'm going to let myself be starstruck by certain people. So it's like therapeutic and like I can resurge my love for, you know, uh, startup, whatever, whatever, uh, these people are, you know? So I love, uh, I think the strokes is like my favorite band. And so I was like, well, if I meet Julian, I'm, I have to go say hi. I, I, mm -hmm. If I see him, I have to go say hi. And then uh, uh, my, you know, I, I mean, I feel like this is common. You must know this, um, that it's common, uh, is PTA is like the guy, you know. By the way, did you hear that he's, he's, his high school movie might be with Bradley Cooper? Yeah, very excited. I mean, I'd be cool. absolutely starstruck and nervous to meet him, for sure. You know, Shut up, Max. You know, I think Sorry. the biggest thing with him with PTA is that I did. I feel like we would get along. Like we would, you know, you know, it was so cool when he did, you know, yeah. From, from Boogie Nights to Magnolia to everything. Mm -hmm. But when he did, um, Mark Maron's podcast, however many years ago I, that I was, listened to that, like every now and then it just made me feel great because in my mind, he's a, a God and can do no wrong and the smartest person ever. Mm -hmm. And he hearing him on that podcast just sound like a dude. Yeah. And a casual guy, I was like, oh my, this is like so unbelievable. Still yeah. speak eloquently and talk about his films in such a way, but also just talk like a, like a guy, like you, you or I is, it was very, cause you put these guys on these, or, you know, these people you idolize on a pedestal right, right. and as they should, cause their, their work's incredible, but hearing them talk like that's also great with podcasts and social media to see some of these people and be like, oh, this is mm -hmm. like a closer look at the real life version of yeah. how they actually you know do things obviously social media is all fabricated but you know what i'm saying like you get uh, a look that you normally wouldn't get and especially in podcasts you usually get these guys on like a talk show for six minutes and then they promote their thing for these yeah. like hour and a half long conversations it's unreal dude it's kind of fucking it's it's great because it's like reaching out to people that are you know semi-famous 
there's no other world without like a world without podcasts. You can never just reach out to someone and go, Hey, can we have a uninterrupted one hour hang time and talk process? Like that's just doesn't exist before this. And now it's kind of like something that, you know, there's such transparency between audience and artists that people want to hear this, the mistakes. They want to hear people not be perfect and, uh, humanize, um, a talent. So it's, it's, it's rad, but, um, so I have a story for you. So mm-hmm. I, I, first off, I just want to tell you that I, I assume that you're uh, a big fan of Donnie Darko still. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you, yeah. Went and bu- have you went back and watched that movie recently? I haven't, but I've been thinking I need to. I also have a super, I didn't tell him Bobby's a super embarrassing story about meeting Richard Kelly. Actually talk about like the starstruck. Don't like I did something. I'm forever embarrassed for. I shouldn't be because he was very sweet and then and then followed me on Twitter. Okay. But the my but what I did that that evening, um, you you can tell your story, then I can tell you. No, no, no. You already. I want to hear it now. I got to know it. So when we wrapped the Necrogoblicon video, because I did that all favors, uh, myself, Dave, and the band were like, we're gonna play a show for the cast and crew. So. We reached out to Paladino's in the Valley, a great bar. Um, they actually got bar rescued, and they're a different bar now. Which we have to. I fucking edited and some I shit for, Res- for bar rescue. My girlfriend and I watch bar rescue twenty four hours a day, pretty much. Like when we're working, it's just on. Did it's you see the one in Puerto on. Rico? No, there's one in Puerto Rico. I edited like this branded thing for them. It was like a com- like it was like a commercial version of the show. But uh, Lee, send me that link. Did you <laughs> send it to you? Yeah. So, okay. Anyways, it used to be Paladinos, but then it was Bar Rescued. I don't know what it is now. Um, okay. So we, the band played and it was private, like private event. We, it was a dive bar in the Valley. We were like, yo, can we do this on like a Thursday when no one's going to be here? And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> one of the extras who was my neighbor, one of the laughing guys at the, the business table when John yeah. comes in yeah. and um, he's like brought his friend and he's like, and I, I'm like, I think this guy's Richard Kelly. And he's like, hey, Brandon, this is my buddy, Richard Kelly. He's like, Brandon, this is Brandon, the guy who directed the video. And I was like, hey, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. Oh, man, I can't wait for you to see the video. And he walked away and I was like, do not tell him you were in a band called Cellar Door. Like, I thought that. Oh, and my I was like, God. Not, don't do it. But then as the night went on and we, we all felt very victorious that we accomplished this video on such a low budget. And it was so passionate and the odds were stacked against us, but blah, blah, blah. I ended up getting hammered, and at the end of the night, when, when they, when my neighbor Manny and Richard Kelly walked up to say goodbye, I was like, Richard, I, I told myself I wasn't going to tell you this, but I was in a band called Cellar Door in high school, uh, named after Donnie Darko. I, I'm embarrassed go? to tell you, but I have to tell you. He's like, he's like, are you kidding? I love hearing that stuff. Oh man, which made me feel so good. I made it a good two and a half hours without saying anything. Um, but then, okay, so two things are great about that. One is that. There's so many times in my life that I go, don't say this tonight. Don't say this tonight. Don't bring this up to this person. You know what I mean? And then inevitably, I fucking bring... Why? Why do we do that? Like Because wh- because you're in awe of the, this person and their work and you want to show your No, it could be anybody. It could be like a friend of yours. It could be a coworker. And you're oh, like, sure. just, just don't bring up that little thing. Don't, don't bring up that mm. thing, even though that's all you want to say. And then you just bring it up. I, it happens to me like once a week almost where I'm like, what the fuck? Um, so uh, something – so uh, another uh, amazing dude is uh, uh, Richard Linklater, right? And I went to a screening of uh, Everybody Wants Some at CAA. Um, I went with David Sullivan. Do you know David Sullivan? Mm-hmm. And and he, me and him had just made a short that was like pending making several other shorts in the spirit of uh, Slacker. And so David was like, oh, this would be perfect. You could come like meet Richard. This would be great. And I was like, all right. So David, you know, Dave's from Texas. And so we go there. We're hanging out. Uh, the, have you been to a screening at CAA? I have not. So they do, they have a screening room and then they have um a uh it's like a like a lounge area where they they do all the uh the after hangs 
and so you can drink there. You can, you know, meet the cast, meet the director. Like, not it's not for like fans, but it's for like people that are involved, right? Mm-hmm. But I was like, fuck. I uh, so I go to meet um, Richard Linklater, and so me and him are because I I'm uh, I don't know if this matters, but I'm half Mexican, and my mom was just real. She grew up on like farms. And she always wanted to have like farm animals around. So we had chickens growing up and I was talking, he was, I I came mid conversation, Richard Linklater talking about his farm. And I was like, I had chickens growing up. There's my end. So now we're talking about farm animals for like 10 minutes, just like chopping it up about farm. It was the best thing. And then the second I tell him about, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the second I tell him about this short, that I made in the spirit of of uh, of uh, slacker, it goes cool, man, and fucking just jets like no, like very obviously did not want to talk about his past films. And yeah, I was like I felt so. Fu- I was like Jesus Christ. Well, that's like certain musicians when like they have that album from like six years ago that everyone is always just like. But Linklater album. has a roster of hits. No, of course, of course, of course. But maybe that's the one he doesn't want to hear about. Who knows? Um, I um I did something different, but where I gave a DVD of a bunch of shorts I made to Paul Rudd, where I was at Sundance in two thousand and you gave him a box of boner jams, dude. Pretty much so. In two thousand seven, my friends and I would go. My friend's older brother started this website, Bloody Disgusting, so we would go with him and get access to see all these movies. And we're sitting in one movie, um, and before it starts. Right behind us sits Joe Latrulio and Paul Rudd. And they were there because David Wayne's The State was premiering. And I turned around. It was one of those things where I was like, you know, I turned around and I'm in college. I'm just like, hey, I just got to say, like, The State and everything you guys do is, like, so important to us. And, like, we love you guys and we're here to see the 10. We can't wait. Just want to say, like, we're huge fans. And Paul's like, we're having a party tomorrow night. Like, give me your number i can't promise anything (laughs) and so i gave him my number he's like and how many and there were eight of us so he's like so i gotta say like dermer plus seven dudes i was like just want like no biggie just wanted to say we're big fans and then the next day i get a a call from a number i didn't recognize i picked it up he's like hey man it's paul rudd i got you guys in and so me and my friends go to this party and i mean oh my god that sounds great i met ken marino david wayne Paul Rudd, Rashida Jones, all of them. I mean, Sam Rockwell, we got, we partied our faces yeah. off and danced and it was awesome. But then the next day at the screening of the 10, I brought Paul a DVD of all of our sketch comedy, <laughs> like such an idiot. Oh my God. How did that but feel? Then my, um, I mean, at the time I was like, he's going to love this. We were, ripping, oh, oh, we were okay. ripping shots last night. It's gonna be great. But then, um, but then the the great thing is he's such a good he was he was cool about it he was very cool about yeah, it yeah. um and the cool thing about it too is that my first year in LA my buddy and I go to see Tim and Eric at the Echoplex and I see Paul Rudd in the crowd and I walk up I'm like hey Paul uh, I don't know if you remember me I met you at Sundance he's like Latrulio it's Dermer plus seven dudes <laughs> and I was like oh man this guy's That's I sick. mean I, we all know he's the best I'm not yeah. saying anything new here but I dream of a day. To work with him and be like Dermer plus seven dudes. Do, <laughs> do you have a, like a band that you're you're like I would do I would want to do anything to make that music video for them? I I would love to do something with Slipknot so bad. Of course, yeah, you'd be a great fucking flip for Slipknot. I would. Lo- I mean, but you know, Clown directs everything. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'd be terrified to to mess up because he does so great with their visuals. Um. But I would absolutely love to do something for them. All right, so cellar door. So um, <clears throat> my, so I was on the set of Donnie Darko, in one of the scenes, and I was uh, I would want to say I was in sixth grade, and uh, the reason why is because my cousin is in that movie. She's Charita, Charita Chen. I didn't know that. She's Charita Chen. Her name's Jolene Purdy. Shout out. She's an amazing actress. She's been in tons of stuff. But she uh, kind of that experience being on set made me want to start making films. Being at Donnie Darko's set, I had no idea what 
it was. I just knew that my cousin did this thing and I was at her work. I, I didn't think about what it was. I was in sixth grade and I uh, had done this. Um, I, I was just I was just there hanging out. My grandpa took me there, was hanging out, went to uh, w- was kind of just watching them do the thing. I was watching the scene where they were on the, the corner of the street and they tell her to go back to China. Yes. Like all those all those scenes. They do all this. Obviously, they did all the scenes in that one day. Yeah. yeah. Um, the scene when he walks with the head with the earmuffs. I mean, that took so long for them to do, dude. It's it, it kind of opened my eyes to how complicated things could be with film because I I remember seeing the movie and being like, I can't believe that was in there for two seconds. That took so long yeah. for them to film. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I fucking went to the trailer. I had to take a shit. Like a bad shit. Like a, like a, a bad one. Like a bad yeah, yeah. sixth grader shit. Yeah. But I was like, great, I'll just go to the bathroom. Like, you don't think about certain plumbing issues that anything could have when you're a kid. Yeah, sixth grade poop, you're just pooping. You're just pooping. It's like almost invisible. Mm-hmm. So I go into my cousin's trailer and I tear it up. And I was a kid that used a lot of toilet paper. And uh, so I just, you know, do my thing. I leave and then I'm you know, watching the set for a little bit longer. And then we go back to her trailer. It had flooded all, it had leaked all out of her trailer. And, and that just like completely made all the trailers smell the septic from that trailer. So Jake Gyllenhaal is walking through and he's like, what is that smell? Oh man. If you ever meet Jake Uh. or Richard, you have to share this story i mean they must know because it was like a big to do it was a whole thing i remember being like so embarrassing like hey grandpa we got to get the fuck out of here i just shit all over the set of donnie darko and i it's time to go and uh yeah that was um that was pretty fucked up but what i do remember is everyone being pretty pretty damn cool um uh, aside from that they were all very (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well i got to imagine that set was like I mean, that's his first film. Like, it must have been very, uh, you know, we're all in it together, sort of like summer camp vibes. It did feel that way because there was, I on the set, on the like, in between takes, they were, like, Jake Gyllenhaal and all the dudes were, like, playing guitar and, like, singing songs that they had made up that, you know, we're, we're about the shut up thing. They were like, shut, 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 shut up. Like they were doing this song that they were, and it, it did seem like that for sure. It was, it was really cool, but yeah, man, that like, that kind of like lit something up in me where I was like, oh my God, this is, this is cool. Like I got to go to the screenings and stuff too. It just, it made me go like, oh my God, I think that's the thing. I think that's the fucking thing. That's awesome. That's Um, awesome. So when I saw, I heard you say Celador, I was like, I got to fucking tell you about this shit. Oh, that's, yeah. You really got to watch it soon. It is shits. It's good. It's, it's. I need to rewatch it. Holds the fuck I, I never up. forget when I first saw it. Like I watched it in my buddy Zach's house growing up, and that cellar door scene. I was like, "Whoa, this is the name of the band." Also, that movie's so weird because it, it 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 also plays in so many different genres. It's awesome. Yeah, it does. I I definitely need to go back and and rewatch that. So, are you someone who's um, working in music videos to make films eventually? Or do you want to keep doing all? I mean, I want to keep doing all. Like, you know, I love how like um, Spike Jones and Paul Thomas Anderson still will make music videos. Like Paul did all those amazing Haim videos Mm -hmm. and Spike did that Kenzo commercial, which was like a great music video. Yeah. So like I would love to like, you know, like kind kind of what I'm doing, but just keep going. Um, (laughs) I, I have a film in development and I want to keep working on that while simultaneously doing the music videos and doing the commercials and pitching these shows, you know, um, the year of what would Diplo do? That was like, you know, um, that year I did a video for white Reaper. I did a video. I did two videos for Diplo. I was still doing music videos and commercials in the midst of it. That's insane. What do you think the difference is between someone who has the ideas and someone like you that has the ideas and also has what it takes to pursue the ideas? Mm. 
like a combination of optimism and anxiety <laughs> and um i'm not i'm not good at much else i don't know what you know what i mean and also yeah. just the gratification i like i like making the things and i just i'm hopeful even though i've heard so many no's in my career so many no's um yeah I, I, how do you deal yeah, with the diff well i think it's a combination of i've gotten used to it mm. You know, um, whether it's pitching a show or bidding on a commercial or pitching a music video, whatever. Um, I think I've, I've, I've been in it enough that I balance my expectations. But th here's the thing. I have to treat every project like I'm the most excited because it's the only way I'm good at pitching or getting my vision across and getting people to execute my vision. You know, where it's the camera guy or an actor. So I have to constantly stay enthusiastic and some of these projects like the one that i made the digital pitch for we've been developing and shopping the show in different facets like attaching talent stuff for three years but yeah. when i get on the zoom to the network it's got to be like the first time i'm talking about this thing and i'm really stoked oh, that's to share it with you um but uh it's also just having multiple balls in the air so i have multiple babies that i'm nourishing and hoping can grow up and become something but sometimes they just i don't want to say babies die as i was giving this analogy i'm like wait am i leading to babies dying babies but, can die <laughs> yeah i guess they can oh but you know i just um having multiple balls in the air and and yeah yeah i mean i feel like um i would love to see a feature by you like i wonder when like, do you have any like trajectory in mind of when something like that could happen with you? I mean, man, the one that I there's so much I can't talk about because lawyers and stuff. But like, I I I sold a feature that will it get made? I hope so. But last March, um, I think my my first feature will be one of three things, and they're threes that I'm like babies. I'm nourishing. Um, there's like an indie comedy there's a big fun action comedy mm -hmm. and then there's like an indie horror film you know um mm -hmm. and i want to do i want to do them all um in my lifetime um so yeah again i i look at like i look at edgar wright i look at spike jones yeah i look at you know um i'm trying to you know yeah, Spike and, and Edgar, I feel like they just play in so many I mean, genres. Fincher did music videos for a long time, but I guess he's not. Oh, dude. No, but still, but even Fincher, like, I, I mean, I think Mindhunter is one of the best shows of the past five years. I love that show. Yeah, because you know what? I think now there's something that, like, filmmakers in general are growing out of as an industry because it used to be you direct movies, you direct movies, and that's it. You direct, you know what I mean? Like, but now it's there's so many different types of things to direct and so much of a creative the ceiling to creativity within all mediums are so is so high now especially you know people are so afraid to put out something that everyone else is doing that they want the weird shit now you mm -hmm. know it's kind of, it's kind of rad absolutely um, but uh yeah i mean like as far as a tv show too it's like such a good format to be able to uh just exercise a different muscle you know um so it's it's pretty cool to to see i mean the, the tv show was great and i feel like i, I mean man I, I wish i knew like what what this uh premise you got going for a feature is because uh it seems like it'd be <laughs> it seems like it'd be it'll be awesome i mean i'm hoping one of these things i can like publicly talk about in the very near future i mean that's the weird thing of our industry i've done like television pilots that will never see the light of day that i was mm -hmm. so excited about you know what yeah. i mean like I did a pilot um, for a major network with puppets. That's why I did those puppet music oh, videos with yeah. Panic at the Disco. Right, because right. I did a television show pilot that got picked up, ordered 13 episodes, and then before we even shot, uh, the guy who was the head of the corporation left and they canceled all the orders. Um, oh, and fuck. I was so that proud of that. To me and too. It kill <laughs> yeah, and it kills me. I can't show it to anyone, but the, the silver lining and the beauty of it is when Brendan Urie hit me up going, I want to do a video where it's me as a puppet. Have you worked with puppets? I was like, dude, I am sending you a private link right now. Watch this pilot. Mm. Um, 
so uh, one thing happened to me when I was, uh, I think I was like 26 and I had, uh, I had made several shorts, a couple of music videos and I, 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 I actually got a weird job directing some, um, uh, Kickstarter music, Kickstarter video for, for some clothing line. And turns out the husband of that person that I was directing the thing for, like works in works at this like uh, agency. I forget the name of the agency at this point, but they were based out of Paramount. They had like an office there, and and, and so I actually, I, I I guess I I guess I, he liked what I did. So I went there, and he was like, "Great, we want to, we want to start sending you out for stuff. We like what you did. We we feel like you could." do some pretty cool stuff and and uh but so pit, put together some pitches for a scooter they wanted me to like do a, a fucking commercial for a scooter um i skate i can't you know i i don't have i don't have passion for scooter shit so but i was like fuck it a commercial hell yeah let's do this so i i i put together 11 pitch i didn't know how the fuck to do it i put together 11 pitches like 11 fully full-fledged pitches and I emailed it to him. It was this whole PowerPoint presentation and he's like, just come in because I feel like I need to talk to you. So I went in and he was like, so normally people just send one pitch, but uh, you sent 11. I'm going to pay you for the pitches. And um, I will also tell you that uh, it might be possible that you're too young for us to send you out for this because there's a lot of people that, are way too experienced that are pitching better stuff than you for the same price. And I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know what to say to that. But so then it, then it, um, I was actually almost going to get it. And then he said, do you have any hobbies? Like, what are your hobbies? I was like, I, I, like, I like making videos. What do you mean? <laughs> That's what I like doing. I like watching yeah. movies and making videos. Like, and he was like, you know, you, you got to get some hobbies, man. Like you gotta go love stuff. You gotta go find things that you love and get into them so much, so that if there's like a motorcycle commercial and you love motorcycles, I can give that to you. But I can't give you something like that if you don't know it as well as other people that do know it. So mm. he gave me a certain piece of advice that was like basically like go live, like go find what you dig, find a metal band, find yeah. find some porn stars. <laughs> find things that you dig you know that 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 you want to be a fan of and that's why i feel like i think after that was when i came up with the whole like star starstruck thing where i was like i have to give myself two people because i can't keep being this person that's just like i like making videos and that's it i gotta like geek out over something you know so oh yes i'll never forget um when flesh lightning was coming out um this writer director named eddie o'keefe had the short coming out called the ghost it's awesome Eddie O'Keefe um, is a great writer. He's had multiple scripts on the blacklist, movies, films, produced TV. He's got multiple TV shows produced. But I remember, um, you know, I was just finished being an assistant where I didn't really have a life, which was good because I learned so much. I remember him being like, yeah. I, and he was talking about he was just getting his start, but he was like, got on the blacklist, his short film kicked ass, all this. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm really trying to be better about time management and having time just to live because as a writer and director, we just have to have experiences and observations yeah. and pro take life in and then process it out and tell it what the stories you want to tell. And I'll never forget that conversation. Like that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I do think that is good advice that like, you have to go out and live because the other thing is like I've done commercials for products that I could give zero shits about. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, but the perspective of the things that I like and the things that I love that I can infuse into it, whether it is a fan of a certain genre or a sound or a song or whatever that I can bring to it. That's how I'm all of a sudden different when it's like pitching for a phone commercial. You can go with the guy who's done a million phone commercials my point of view is just going to be slightly different and specific to me. So I, I definitely think that advice he gave of like find things you love, find hobbies, mm -hmm. you know, is super important. Yeah, it is. It also makes you like find um, how stories can develop differently. You know, if you yeah. keep if basically like a day is a story, a relationship with someone is a story, a you know, you go to the store, that's a story. Like, you know, what I mean, like you can really find you know, act one, two, three within very tiny things of life. 
And if you don't experience those those as much as you can, that makes it unique to your life. You really are losing out on a lot of perspective. So I never, whenever I'm tasked with writing, whether it's like pitching on a music video commercial or, you know, some production company or places like we're looking for our this or something like that, I can never crack it by like sitting and truly brainstorming unless I'm with other writers, then I can because it's different because it's like very like, otherwise it's like, I got to just live with that idea or song or product in my head and then just experience life. And then eventually it's just going to click. It's kind of obsessive because it's like always there, but I'm not fully like sitting being like, I'm going to write the best phone commercial today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, those are kind of some of the, my favorite ideas come from doing something completely different than what I'm supposed to be doing at that point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like as long as you have it in your head, like you're saying, you can kind of do whatever and you'll kind of try to fit it into that box, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're just at about a good amount of time, man. Um, I'm super thankful for your time. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate Dude, thank it. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, man. Well, good to talk to you and, uh, you too, man. uh let's hang out whenever it's possible again. Yeah. And, and when, and if I'm in New, I mean, I should have been in New York working this year. I, um, when we're allowed to travel again, we'll definitely hang. Oh dude, hit me up. Let's get a beer. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. Later. Later. Thanks for watching that episode of Face to FaceTime with Brandon Dermer. I fucking love directors that can articulate themselves great. Because there's a lot of directors that, a lot of artists in general that can't necessarily say exactly, they can't articulate their process very well. And he can. It's, it's really, it's, it makes for a good conversation because you can actually get to like certain points you want to get to. Make sure and follow him on Instagram. Uh, Twitter too and I'll I'll link his stuff below Um, for the listeners it's at Brandon Dermer Um, I'm pretty sure you can find him on everything from that and uh, check out his music videos Necro Goblicon is fucking great it was on uh, they talked about it on uh, on Joe Rogan they talked about it on uh, Tiger Belly and uh, and my Instagram for this podcast is at face to FaceTime check out the YouTube rate and and review on Apple Podcasts helps out a lot and uh, that's it thanks guys I appreciate it have a good night day, whatever you got.